What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain so for any of you who've read Own the Day, Own Your Life, my book, or listened to Rhonda Patrick on Joe Rogan, or just experienced the benefits of heat therapy, you understand how important it is. And for me, there's really one sauna company that stands out above the rest. For one, they have all of the infrared frequencies that you would want to get in a sauna. So they got near, mid, and far infrared, which just improves the natural benefits of the sauna. And then in addition, they're just a dope company. They actually reached out to me and were like, hey, thanks for putting out all the information you do about the benefits of heat therapy. Here's a sauna. I was like, that is fucking awesome. Thank you. And that sauna is set up in my garage and I use it every chance I get along with my cold plunge. I love using the hot and cold contrast. And Clearlight is just a great option. It's a beautiful sauna. I mean, it has great sound, it has great light, it looks awesome. It has a lifetime warranty, which is something that's great to have for a sauna because you don't want to call your local sauna repairman. I don't even know if that's a thing, like your local sauna repairman, but you got a lifetime warranty on the sauna. So I really encourage you guys to check out whether that's for recovery after your workouts or just to feel better in general and reset the nervous system and just go through your day with all of the benefits that you're going to get. I mean, that can include your sleep. That can include just all aspects of your health, truly. And of course, you get the detoxification from the sweat and the benefits of the heat shock proteins. There's a ton of different stuff. And they got a bunch of saunas too, like 12 different saunas, and they're pretty affordable. So I really encourage you guys to check it out. Go to healwithheat.com. And all you got to do is mention my name, Aubrey Marcus. You're going to get $500 off of your sauna. And on top of that, you're even going to get free shipping. So again, go to healwithheat.com if you're at all interested in getting a sauna. Clearlight saunas are the best. Welcome to Amp Books 12, everyone. Now, sometimes I go through my library and I think, what would be a great book that I could share a piece of and share that with you guys and hopefully provide some benefit and provide some insight? And sometimes I just go to a book that I need to read myself. And it's been a challenging week for me. I'm not going to lie. That happens. If anybody follows me on my newsletter or follows my work in general, you'll understand that I put myself in challenging positions and I find my way out. And one of my ways out is to go with Anthony DeMello because he has a way of writing that just cuts through everything. And it's kind of brutal. I mean, you'll listen to what I'm about to read you and it is really, really challenging but also beautiful in how direct it is. And that's one of the things that I love. And so as you listen to it, understand that he's representing a very extreme position. But that extreme position very well may be correct. So it really helped me 
when I read it last night. So I wanted to read it to you guys today. And once again, this is the book. <clears throat> and once again, this is from the book, The Way to Love by Anthony DeMello. The chapter is called Fire on the Earth. If you want to know what it means to be happy, look at a flower, a bird, a child. They are perfect images of the kingdom, for they live from moment to moment in the eternal now with no past and no future. So they are spared the guilt and the anxiety that so torment human beings, and they are full of the sheer joy of living, taking delight not so much in persons or things as in life itself. As long as your happiness is caused or sustained by something or someone outside of you, you are still in the land of the dead. The day you are happy for no reason whatsoever, the day you find yourself taking delight in everything and in nothing, you will know that you have found the land of unending joy called the kingdom. To find the kingdom is the easiest thing in the world, but also the most difficult. Easy because it is all around you and within you, and all you have to do is reach out and take possession of it. Difficult because if you wish to possess the kingdom, you may possess nothing else. That is, you must drop all inward leaning on any person or thing, withdrawing from them forever the power to thrill you or excite you or to give you a feeling of security or well-being. For this, you first need to see with unflinching clarity this simple and shattering truth. Contrary to what your culture and religion have taught you, nothing but absolutely nothing can make you happy. The moment you see that, you will stop moving from one job to another, one friend to another, one place, one spiritual technique, one guru to another. None of these things can give you a single minute of happiness. They can only offer you a temporary thrill, a pleasure that initially grows in intensity, then turns into pain if you lose them, and into boredom if you keep them. Think of the numberless persons and things that so excited you in the past. What happened? In every single instance, they ended up by causing you suffering or boredom, did they not? It is absolutely essential that you see this, because till you do, there is no question of your ever finding the kingdom of joy. Mostly, people are not prepared to see till they have suffered repeated disillusionment and sorrow. And even then, only one in a million has the desire to see. They just keep going at it, pathetically knocking at the door of other creatures, begging, bowl in hand, craving affection and approval and guidance and power and honor and success. For they obstinately refuse to understand that happiness is not in these things. Fucking Anthony DeMello. So the reason why this is somewhat comforting to me is because in moments where the world has let you down, or at least you perceive the world to have let you down, you perceive something to not be going the way that you want, and you think that 
if you had acted differently, if they had acted differently, or if something would have happened differently, then you'd be happy and things would all be right and everything would be as it should be. And he's being like, nah, 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 not really. You know, this is just your constant cycle of chasing the thrill until you achieve the thrill. And then once you've achieved the thrill, you'll be back to boredom or you'll be back to suffering when at the peak of that thrill, it was pulled from you, or at least the fantasy and the projection of what you expect gets removed from you. Because oftentimes it's not even actually the thing itself. It's actually the fantasy of what we think that thing is that is actually taken from us. And that's what causes us so much pain. So when we think about it in a relationship or we think about anything really, we're not really grieving the thing that we lost. We're grieving the thing that we hoped that thing would be. So when a relationship ends, it's, oh, well, I hope that relationship would be the source of my love for everlasting life and we would love each other forever and we'd build this house and we'd have these kids and all this stuff and so you have to grieve this whole future fantasy which hasn't even happened yet and it's all very real and that's all very human and it's all very something that i do all the time and i think all of us do but i've often recognized you know that this cycle of chasing the thrill achieving the thrill being bored with the thrill is the cycle that we all go through, whether that's buying that new car or whether that's getting with that lover that you've had your eye on or whether it's whatever it might be, so often we follow this cycle. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't ways to refresh the senses, but we cannot deny the forces of hedonic adaptation, right? We cannot deny the forces that once we attain a certain level of pleasure or success or any of these things that he mentions, once we attain that, then we're going to get used to it and we're going to take it for granted. And that's when the boredom comes. But if it gets pulled or we get, you know, redirected or it doesn't happen the way we want, well, that's when the suffering comes, right? So that's why he's saying it's leading to either boredom or suffering. So where is their happiness? Well, happiness is found within, within the heart or found within the whole world, everything and nothing. It's not in one particular thing, but it's in everything and and man that's that's really fucking hard like trust me and, and i don't even know if it's something that most of us even want you know this is something that i've also been meditating like maybe it's worth it to be invested in the polarity of all things so that we get the thrills and then try our best to bear and enjoy and learn from the suffering maybe it's that's what we're here for actually is to like go for the thrills and have those passionate moments and those crazy inflamed feelings, even though it's gonna come with that suffering on the backside. Maybe and just keep seeking out these highs and keep bearing the lows. And I, I bless that path. I don't have any judgment and I don't think anybody should have any judgment for the choice to, to make that your priority to say like, no, no, I'm going to live like a poet and I'm going to fall in this passionate, deep love with this person, this thing, and I'm going to get crushed and smashed and then I'm going to go do it again. And, and we're playing these highs and lows and, and that's a reasonable choice. But to find the kingdom, which is that place of everlasting equanimity and joy and true sustainable happiness, well, that's where we can't invest our attachment if you call back to the last amp books from uh, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., you can't 
have the attachment to these things. You have to, as my friend Ed Skrine says, you have to hold the future very lightly and hold all things very lightly and try to appreciate everything in its entirety, which is absolutely you know, no easy task because things are sticky and we're emotional creatures and these thrills are fun. Like these druggy, he goes on to talk about some of these kind of druggy highs these druggy, thrilling, intoxicating things that we can get, whether that's a new level of success or a new level of wealth or the lover we've been chasing or all of these things. But the problem is, is it's very difficult to get out of that once you're on that path and you're used to chasing something. You know, I, I spoke about it in a newsletter once where I was talking about we're all like greyhounds and we all look for rabbits and we look to chase those rabbits and that's part of who we are is just the one who chases the greyhound that chases the rabbit well we catch the rabbit and then we're like oh i caught the rabbit well we'll consume it quickly as a ravenous dog would do or any kind of creature would do we'll consume it quickly and then it's no longer anything but just the bones and fur and so we have to chase something else and so we'll be perpetually on this cycle of chasing and maybe that's okay. But for maybe some of us, and he goes on to talk about this kind of sense of discontent, this fire of divine discontent in which we realize like, man, I'm, I'm tired of this cycle. And I don't know if I'm there yet. I don't know if I'm tired of the cycle. Maybe I'm just, you know, taking a pause personally from chasing the thrills. And, and that's what appeals to me at this moment because I've had so many highs and so many lows, especially through my relationship adventures more than anything else, but also the business adventures and everything else. And so maybe this is appealing to me now to just kind of disattach from all of these things that have given me such high thrills, such druggy, intoxicated highs. And I'm not talking about actual drugs. I do occasionally enjoy actual drugs, but I'm talking about the drugs that come endogenously from within us when we're in the process of chasing and acquiring and looking for that deeper peace, the peace of the long nature hike, you know, that long walk, the periods of solace. I remember the joy I felt when I was in Patagonia and just walking by myself out by Lago Sarmiento and, and just looking at the mountains and feeling moments of just joy for the sheer existence of living. And I think I want some more of those in my life. And so having someone like DeMello reminding me that that is the path is to disengage and detach from all of these different things that give you these thrill rides. But I also give a little bit of wiggle room for some other potential philosophies. Philosophies like the ones espoused by Carlos Castaneda that talks about controlled folly an old Toltec wisdom which says no no engage in everything you know as if it was something that was going to last and something that is really important but just know that it's your folly and then that way when the suffering comes or the boredom comes you can have that awareness and I think ultimately that's what all of us should take away from this is not that you have to take that one in a million as he says radical path of not engaging in the highs and lows of life, but just have a little bit of awareness. Know that you're chasing, enjoy the thrill, but then when the thrill gets removed, have a little bit of the awareness to go like, oh yeah, of course, here's, here's the low that comes from having the thrill removed from me. 
And then also when that thing that you've been chasing and you have it for a little while and you get bored of it, don't be like, why am I bored? What's going on? What's wrong with me? Be like, no, 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 that's the normal cycle of things as well. And that's all okay too. So really, I think ultimately this points one way, but really what it points for to all of us is an opportunity to just have a little bit more awareness about human nature, to know that we like to chase the highs, we like to chase all of the different things, those, all those different thrills, and that inevitably, probably, there's going to be suffering and boredom. But if we can have awareness of that process, then we can maybe smooth the corners a little bit. And maybe for some of us, we'll want to go all the way and try to find the kingdom in everything and everywhere. So I hope you enjoyed, maybe you hated, but I hope you enjoyed this Amp Books, and I look forward to talking to you guys next week.